Hey, if you have a Bible, you can turn it to Luke chapter 6. And Luke chapter 6. We're going through the Gospel of Luke right now on Sunday mornings. And as we go through the Gospel of Luke, uh, we're looking at this overarching theme of Jesus being the Savior for the lost. Um, and so we see that, that Luke, he really, he compiled a bunch of eyewitnesses that saw the life of Jesus. And as, as so, he, the, the main th theme that he's going towards is that Jesus is the Savior for the lost. And we see that time and time again in his interactions with people and the way that he commissions his disciples to go out and to share the good news of the gospel. And he wants people to know that there is hope found in him. There's hope found in Jesus. And so we see that. And we're finishing up the sixth chapter of Luke today. And in this chapter, it's kind of this abbreviated version of what we would read in the Gospel of Matthew, known as the Sermon on the Mount. And so here is this 30-verse just kind of synopsis or it, it, it's just summarized here. And it gives us this foundation of what biblical ethics looks like, what Christian living looks like. And, and he does it in such a way where he begins in the beginning with these four, hey, you're going to be happy if you're these things. And they kind of are, are things that would kind of rock our world a little bit. They don't totally fit the norm of what the world would, would look at as being happy. But he says, hey, you're going to be happy if you are poor. If you're poor, if you're hungry, if, if you're weeping now, if you're, if, if you're sad, that actually is healthy for you uh, to, to, to go and, and walk through those emotions. And, and when people hate on you, when you, have, when you face adversity, it's okay. In Christ, you can look at that and have joy that, man, there is hope for tomorrow and God has got your back. And then there's also some things where he says, hey, woe to you. Like there's uh, some things that maybe the world looks at and, and it's not all that it's cracked up to be all the time. So sometimes when you're rich, you're, you don't have it all together. Like just because you have everything that you want doesn't mean that you've got it together. Just because you're full, just because you think that you, ha you are self-sufficient and that you got uh, all the stuff. Um, you're still gonna, there's still gonna be that void apart from Christ. And if you just look at life and you're just laughing about it and you're just, you know, whether it's cynicism or sarcasm or you're just the, the CEO of fun all the time and all you wanna do is just like, you don't, you just wanna block out all of the, uh, the negativity and only embrace the positivity, well, there's going to be a tipping point. There's gonna be a moment where you will find yourself weeping and mourning. And apart from Christ, that's no fun. And woe to those who speak, uh, and when all men speak well of you, just because everybody else has super nice things to say about you, um, that those words are cheap. And he goes on, and, and, and we talked last week about what it looks like for us to love our enemies and and kind of he expanded upon what we would know as the golden rule of, of do unto others as you would want them to do unto you and part of that was and he we ended with the fact that we probably shouldn't be a judgmental uh, 
people of God and that we should really think twice before we judge somebody else because it's really easy to give us some slack. We give ourselves a lot of slack a lot of times. We look at our own circumstances we know behind the scenes and so we're able to kind of be like, well, it's because of this, that, and the other thing of why I'm going through this rough time and why I don't have it all together right now and why things don't look so good in my life. Um, but we have to step back and, and realize that that's probably applicable to other people's lives as well. And, and so, and at the end of all that, he said, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Uh, it will be put into your bosom for the same measure that you use it. It will be measured back to you. So the same measure that you want to judge people, that you want to kind of criticize others, it will be measured back to you. But also, he also talks about forgiveness and being generous. And in the same manner that you are forgiving to the people around you and that you are generous, generous to those around you, it will be measured back to you. And so here in verse 39 is where we're picking it up and we're going to the end of the chapter today. He said, and, and Luke writes, he says, and he, Jesus, spoke a parable to them. And this is the parable that he says. He says, can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the ditch? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, brother, let me remove that speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. So he has these two different parables, these two different illustrations. One is he, he asks the question, hey, can the blind lead the blind? And it's a, it's a pretty rhetorical, easy question to, to answer. And it's like, no, when you see the blind leading the blind, where are they leading them into? They're leading them into all of these different pitfalls, or at least into a wall. Uh, and, and it just doesn't really add up. It doesn't help anyone for the blind to lead the blind. And he, he, he kind of builds upon that and he, and he talks about, hey, are, are you going to, do you consider yourself better than the teacher? And he's, he's kind of talking to, and, and there's some, some credibility for, for us to consider, hey, in our own earthly wisdom, in our own uh, way of looking at how we go about in life, do we think that we have it figured out better than Jesus does? And the answer, hopefully, for all of us is no, we don't. But Jesus does want us to live like him. And so he says, he says why, why um, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. So there's hope for us. There's hope for us that we don't have to be the blind leading the blind, but that we can trust and believe in the great shepherd and Jesus to lead us accordingly so that we can be perfectly trained by him to see, hey, this is the way that we live our lives. So everything that he's summarizing here in this chapter, in the middle of all of it, he says there is hope for all of us to take advantage of what Jesus has to say and the example that we see. And for us, we have a great 
advantage point too, because the, hindsight's 2020. We get to look at the grand scope of Jesus. We get to look at the grand scope of the early church and what the, and the, what the epistles wrote and the word of God, and it's all compiled together. And so we have this rich asset, this rich resource for us to learn to be perfected in our ways. And it's not that we're going to be perfected overnight. Obviously not, right? But there is, there is th this thing that we, we would know as sanctification. And, and, and really, we're not going to be completely perfected in all of our ways until the end of our days here upon this earth, when our last breath here is our first breath with Christ. But there's this process that we get to see and, and that we even got to sing about all of our failures and flaws. Lord, you, you're aware of all of them, yet you still call us friend. And, and what a wonderful friend that we have in Jesus, that he would look at all that and he says, I'm guiding you, I'm leading you, and I'm, and I'm chasing after you when you run in the other direction. He's one that cares for us that much. And then he gives us this really crazy, and it's kind of this like silly illustration. It's one that we totally know isn't like completely right. Uh, and he, and it's it, not right and it's incorrect, but right in a sense where it's like, you just don't see that every day. It's, it's just something just totally stupid and off the wall. But Jesus grabs the attention of them. He goes, hey, are all of us walking around nitpicking others, little, other people's flaws and failures when we don't take a moment to look in the mirror and see that we got, we got our own stuff that we got to deal with? And so he uses it as a picture of... You, you, we're all walking around and we're looking at the little tiny speck. We're like taking this microscopic look at other people's life and we're finding the little speck. We're like, oh, look at that little dot in your eye. Like, you know, let's get that out. When there's this ginormous stick just sticking out of your, your eye. And there's this crazy viral video that I saw uh, a, a while back where this person got into an accident and literally like there was this, uh, it was more like a metal rod, it was jammed in their head and it's coming out. And, and, and they're not totally aware of it at the moment. And I don't know if it was because they're drugged up or, or, or what, but they're like, hey, and they asked the question in this viral video, hey, is everything okay? <laughs> and, and from everyone else's perspective, they're like, no, it's not. But let's keep that right there. And, and, and they, they end up taking care of this person. And, and like miraculously, they didn't lose an eye or, or any uh, vision or anything like that. But it's a crazy picture to think that Jesus is grabbing their attention and being like, man, and basically what he's, what he's getting at and, and what we can take away from this is Taking care of our own lives is a full-time job, right? Taking care of our own stuff, the, our own crud in our own lives, that's a full-time job. To, to be like, hey, I, I, I gotta, you know, I gotta pay my bills, I gotta stay on top of my kids, I gotta go and work and, and give my best effort at work, and, and I gotta, you know, be faithful to my wife, and I, and I gotta be courteous to my neighbors, like all of these things. And, and it's not that any of those things are, are bad, but if we're just slacking off, or if we take a moment to stop and look at other people and, and criticize them on how they're not doing it the way that we're doing it, um, or the way that we think they ought to do it, uh, 
we just got to remind ourselves, taking care of our own lives is a full-time job. And so we don't, if we're not taking care of our own lives and we're not investing in it as a full-time job and investing into our family and investing into the things that God has entrusted into our lives, if we're spending and spinning our wheels, uh, just getting into everybody else's business, then we're probably not caring for that which God has provided for us. And, and so that's why once we take care of all those things, and, and Jesus isn't saying that you can't help other people out. You can't come alongside other people and be like, hey, I noticed that these things are kind of, kind of jacked up right now. How can I help? How can I be of service to you? How can, how can we come alongside one another and encourage one another and exhort one another to, to live according to God's ways? There, there's nothing necessarily wrong in that. It's not that you should just be like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make any observations. I'm not going to make any, uh, like any assessments whatsoever. I'm just going to let everybody else do their thing and I'm just going to stick to my thing. No, there's some priorities in that, but at the same time too, there's something really awesome about those of us that, that can come along people. And when, once we start taking care of our own lives, doesn't it give us a greater sense of mercy and grace to care for those around us too. That when, when we look and assess and we see, man, all the stuff, all the gunk, all the garbage that God has dealt with me and that God is working in and on me, man, he is so faithful. It gives us compassion for those around us. But if we skip to just the, hey, I'm not going to deal with my own stuff. I'm just going to, it's way easier to deal with your stuff. It's way easier for me to watch a football game and then the next day criticize about all the different decisions that that quarterback should have made or that block that should have been done or that route that was lost or all those different things or how the, the coach managed the time. It's way easier to be that Monday morning quarterback sitting in my office just talking shop with my, my buddies and, and, and to criticize those things than it is to actually go out and do it, right? It's a lot, it's a, it's a lot more work to go out and do those things than to sit back and just to throw little darts here and there. But he goes on and he continues to say, for a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Jesus is like, hey, you want to make it really easy and simple? Uh, let's just cut to the chase. Like, good fruit is going to come from good people. Bad fruit is going to come from people that are jacked up and that, that just don't, they're, in this point in their life, they're not looking for any sort of redemption or hope. They're just making a, they're just wasting their life away. They're just tearing things up. And so it's easy for us to look at it and, and, and just to make that and not to try and, and, and you know, try and pull, a, you know, try and find the silver lining out of something that's re really horrible sometimes. Sometimes we spend way too much time trying to find something good out of a really horrible situation when just it's a lot easier to just look at it and it's like, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, that's, that's horrible. 
and, and, and just to call it what it is. And for us to look at, at somebody who is, is well-intentioned and, and that has a good heart and, 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 you know, even though they might stumble or make this mistake here and there, like to know, like, no, this person is, this person's a, a good person. They're, they're trying, they're, they're following God to the, the best of their ability. And God's grace is sufficient for that person's life. And so if they, if they trust and believe in him, if they believe in their heart and profess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, like they are, you have to base their life on the righteousness of Christ. And so let's do that. And so Jesus just kind of cuts the chase and it makes it easy for us to not have to, to dance around things and, and, and to try and, and turn like uh, something uh, bad into something good, let God do that. And guess what? He says that he will. He says that he can turn anything that looks totally jacked up and he can work it for good for those who are called according to his purposes. So hey, if it, if it looks like a wreck, but we believe that, uh, that there's hope in it, let God do the work. And, and it takes a lot off our plate. And we get to watch a faithful God work according to his ways. And then when it doesn't, it's sad and it sucks. But that's, that, that's just kind of how the cookie crumbles sometimes, is that there are things in this life, that there are people in this life that that it, the cookie is gonna crumble and it breaks our heart. And we can be sad and just like, just like Jesus grieved for them as, as he's praying before he goes to be crucified. Just as the, the disciples throughout the epistles, they, their hearts are broken for, for the people who are far from God and that because of their agency, God didn't program any of us to be robots. And he, and, and he certainly didn't make some of us to, uh, to be saved. And he, and, he didn't, and he didn't create others just to be kindling for hell's fire. No, he gives us all that opportunity to, uh, to accept the grace of God, to receive that, his forgiveness, to acknowledge him as Lord and Savior. And he is desperately and, and, and diligently pursuing the lost. But the, the, the gist of the matter is, is at the end of it all, there will be people that God's like, I'm sorry, I never, I never knew you. Even, and as we'll see in a little bit, even for those that are calling out and said, hey, I said, Lord, Lord, like I was, I was all about you, right? So he says, uh, but why do you call me Lord, Lord? And do not do the things which I say. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. So this is what it looks like to be the person who follows what God has to say. And so, so much of the Christian life is trust and obey. Trust and obey. And that is, that's the greatest avenue for our life with the agency, with the, the choice that God has given us, with the choices that are before us. To trust and obey, that is, that is definitely God's way. And for, for us here at Strands, that, that's kind of the fabric of who we are. We're discovering God's way for our life together. And as we discover God's way for our life together, Oftentimes, we're going to look at trust and obey, trust and obey, trust and listen to what Jesus has to say. 
It's not trust and obey what I have to say or trust and obey what, what somebody else has to say because oftentimes like my ego can get in the way or other people aren't as wise or and their, their ways aren't perfected as Jesus. But we can trust and obey the things that Jesus has to say. And, and if my words or if your words as a parent or as a leader within your community or as a boss at, uh, at your work or as a, as a business owner, if, if our words align with Christ, then yeah, people can trust and obey the things that we have to say too. But they've got to align with what God is saying. They got, we, we, these things have to, to funnel into what God is saying, what he is communicating to us. And so this is what he says, I will show you whom he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. He gives us these two pictures. He gives us the, these two illustrations of one in which trusts and obey what God has to say and builds his life upon that, builds his life upon the foundation of who God is and who we are in Jesus. And then there's those who just build their life upon what? You know, wherever they might go to and fro uh, throughout this world, whatever the, the world might have to offer for them, whatever culture or, and, and things would, would, that they would perceive that would be great in their own eyes, they build their life on those things. And there's a lot of things that we can build our life on, right? There's a lot of things that we can build our life on apart from Christ. What's really cool, though, is when God is the foundation he can use all those different things, whether it's being a business owner, whether it's, it's being a, a successful salesperson, or whether it's being someone who is influential within their community uh, against, uh, with their peers, someone who is, is an awesome parent or a great student and a really smart person with, that has so much ingenuity someone who's able to create and develop things that really benefit this world. When our lives are built upon the truth of what God has to say and empowered by the Spirit of God, when we trust and obey what God has for us and the way that he is laid out, though it might be narrow, though it might be hard at times, though it might be challenging in seasons, and though it might not look like it adds up to what the world says is success, we'll see that there is longevity in that, that there is longevity in building our life upon the foundation of what God has for us. Because all of us at one point or another, none of us are really going to be spared from adversity in one season or another. I have this sweet gal. Uh, she was, I was in youth ministry for a long time and she is super sweet and she grew up and like just unscathed. 
and she, uh, her parents are, are wonderful. They're great friends of ours. Her dad is, is a great successful attorney and, and her mom uh, has been like, has run in political circles and just been really influential in her community and they've raised really great kids. And she would always say like, I've never, like nothing, I've never gotten into any trouble. I've never really had anything hard happen in my life. Like, uh, I, what, how am I gonna deal with it? I go, sweetheart, you're 16 years old. Uh, just wait, like it's okay, it's all right. And just this last year, she's, uh, this year she's a, a freshman at Baylor. And, and she had that first like real big adversity. And for some of us, it might not seem like a big deal, but for her, her world was caving in. Uh, her and her boyfriend broke up. It was her high school sweetheart. They'd been together for the last few years, and her and her boyfriend were going in two different directions, and they broke up. And she calls my wife, and, and she's just like, it's happening, my world is coming apart. Like, I'm, I'm really facing this adversity. Uh, can I come to your house and have a sleepover? And we're like, yeah, come on over. And, and she, she, she comes over and, and she hangs out and she stays up really late with Joy. And I'm like, hey, uh, I'll hang out for like an hour um, and then I'm gonna crash. Like it's a, it's a Sunday night and it's been a, it's been a little bit of a day and, uh, we got, and I got work in the morning. Uh, and um, my bandwidth for uh, teenage drama has gotten to that threshold. <laughs> and so it's, it's pass out time for me. But they stayed up and, and she got to share her heart with, with, with Joy and Joy is like so comforting and all of that and, and she was able to give her a ride back up to, to Baylor the next day and they, ha they spent some time and, and then she followed up with her, you know, she's circling back around with her and just being like, hey, how, how's it going? And, she, and, and the one thing that, that was really hard in that breakup, but the one thing that has carried her through that is that her and her boyfriend were going in different directions because she's like, hey, I want to draw closer to God. I want to be firm in the foundation that I have with him. And, and these things are important for me. And so she, she begins to, to talk with joy and she's like, man, it sucks, it hurts, it, it's, it's hard but I have a great, awesome God who is carrying me through this and, and, and comforting me in, in, in these things. And, and I know that I will be, uh, be better for the, uh, in these things. And so many of us, like we can look at, at, at teenage heartbreak and be like, oh, bless your heart. Like, that's so sweet. Like, that's like, just like, uh, just kind of really uh, adorable. And then we can look at our own lives and we can see, man, look at the, the hardships, look at the, the, the struggles and the seasons uh, of despair that we have, have gone through. And, and, and though they might not be the same as teenage heartbreak, the, the way in which we felt, the way in which we felt like, man, is my world falling apart? Many of us have felt those things. Many of us have been in, the, in that spot of adversity. And it's a, and it, and it's, and it's a place that tests us. It tests our faith where we see what have we built our life upon? Have we built our life upon something that we know is faithful and strong and firm? And it's not our own, it's not our own doing. It's not like me grinning and bearing it, trying to get through it. It's me trusting and believing that God is in control, that he's got us, that he's got us where he wants us, and that he has the ability to carry us through. 
and that, to see us on the other side and, and to see that when the things subside and, and maybe, uh, maybe bank accounts are depleted, may, maybe a word just like totally run thin, maybe we're exhausted, maybe it just looks like, uh, you know, we lost some friendships or relationships along the way within that hardship. It might look like things, and the world might look at it and be like, man, it doesn't look too good for you. But for those of us that have built our life upon the firm foundation of Jesus, and the great news of the gospel, and the truth of his word, and are empowered by his spirit, we can stand and say, you know what? My God is good. He's carrying me through. And if there's breath in my lungs, he's not done with me yet. That is the life that is worth living in Christ. It's kind of scary sometimes because we want to avoid all of that. Like I'm a big, uh, I, I'm not one who enjoys confrontation. Like there's some people that they'll just like, they just run into confrontation. They're like, yeah, let's get into it. And for me, I'm just like, no, <laughs> like I'm a basketball player. So sometimes like I grew up trying to avoid the contact unless I needed free throws, unless I needed to get in the line. And for me, I was not a good free throw shooter. And so I tried to avoid contact like crazy because I knew I was only going to hit about 68% of my, uh, my free throws. I was a horrible free throw shooter growing up. And so I would avoid the contact. And so for many of us in our Christian walk, we want to, uh, we want to avoid that sort of that sort of contact where it's like, man, if I can avoid this horrible thing, uh, let's just sidestep it. Let's take this shortcut. Let's go this way or that way. God says, man, <laughs> storms are going to come. That's it. I work in insurance, and, and, and when, when, like, within the last month, there's been three hailstorms, which is kind of unlike, it, it, it's, it's unlikely to really happen within a month's period of time. And, but yet, there's no control over it, and, and there's just no getting around it. You're just like, hey, storms are going to come. And sometimes you're going to have to get a new roof, and that's just the way that it is and, and, and everything. Uh, but guess what? God's going to carry us through. God's going to see us on the other side. For those of us that are far from God, for those of us that are, are apart from him, for those of us that are running in the other direction from what God would have for us, we are, when we see uh, that adversity come, our worlds might completely crumble. At least, though, there's grace and mercy and an opportunity for people to come to know God in a wonderful way, in a mighty way. And isn't that so true? Isn't that, for those of us that have walked with God for a while, isn't that where we see people come to know Christ? When things begin to fall apart, we have that opportunity to step in and be like, hey, come to church with me on Sunday. Hey, we're, we're going to sing songs where there's going to be hope. We're going we're, we're gonna to open up the word. And we're going to see that God is good and that he's faithful and that he can carry us through and, and, and that there is hope in, in Jesus and, 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 and come and, and know God in a, in a real awesome way. And God is so faithful to do that. It's radical. Hey, would you pray with me, please? God, we thank you that today we can, uh, we can take inventory of our life, Lord, and, and, and even in the, the beginning of all this, Lord, and, and see, man, where are the th what, what, what's the stuff that's just sticking out that just looks really just like gnarly in our life, Lord, like a, just a, a stick sticking out of our eye? And God, may, may we trust and believe that you 
have the ability to walk us through that, to, to take care of those things, and then to come alongside people around us and encourage them uh, to trust you. And, and God, Lord, may we look at our lives and take inventory of the fruit in our lives. And God, uh, may it be good fruit. If it's not, Lord, may we, uh, may we trust and believe in you. Maybe there's some of us in this room that we're in this spot where we might have just, we've been building our life upon everything that the world has to offer us. But we're discovering, Lord, that there's not a whole lot of longevity and satisfaction in that. And that when trials come, everything gets messed up. I just, there's no firm place to stand. God, would you be that firm rock? Would you be that foundation in our lives, Lord? Would we trust and believe, God? Would we, would, would we come to you, Lord, and, and, and confess, God, the areas in our life, Lord, that we are, are, are failing? But God, you are our friend, and you are our comforter, and you are our savior, and you are our Lord. May we trust and obey the words that you have to say, God, and still within our hearts, God, that you're good and that you're leading us according to your ways, and that we can follow that. God, empower us with your spirit. We need you desperately in our lives to accomplish the things that you have invested within us, the, the, the different gifts and abilities that you've given us, God. May we see those played out in full color in our life. God, because as we sang earlier, uh, you, God, are the artist. You are the potter. We're the canvas. We are the clay. So God, would you shape and form our, our, our lives according to your ways? And Lord, may we continue to build our life upon the firm foundation of your love, your grace, your mercy, the truth that we find in your word, the power of the Holy Spirit operating in our lives in such a wonderful way. We ask and we pray that you do these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you guys. Uh, there's still a lot of donuts in the back. We'd love for you to just hang out and enjoy donuts, coffee. And also, if you want to pick up your chair and just throw it over by uh, that, that door over there, that works too. That's really helpful. So God bless you guys. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Hey, if I didn't meet you when you came in, would you just come and say hi to me? Because I would greatly love to meet each and every one of you guys. God bless.